And we're back with your pop culture pundit, Tina Griffin, for the final segment of the Counterculture Mom Show. On a sunny winter day in Texas, a family is happily strolling down the sidewalk at a mall near their home when the unthinkable happens. An out-of-control automobile hurls across the curb and slams nine-year-old Jeremiah into a wall, smashing his legs and internal organs. Despite near-fatal injuries, he survives, and his mother clings to her faith in God and looks for a miracle. Her friends share the terrible news on social media. The community rallies to pray and help the family put their lives back together. Today, Jeremiah is a healthy, happy teen who is certain his life was saved for a purpose. He is the definition of unstoppable. I'm Tina Griffin. You're watching the Counterculture Mom Show. And our sponsor for this miraculous miracle of a story is our dear friend, Roman Garcia, the mind medic. Do you feel stuck, overwhelmed, afraid, frozen with fear? Former FBI special agent Roman Garcia turned life and relationship coach can help. Roman knows your pain having battled his own demons. He is dedicated to helping men and women feel peace, purpose, and happiness again through coaching. His programs offer a complete money-back guarantee. There is no risk to you. Are you ready to feel better and achieve your dreams and goals? You can schedule a free conversation with Roman at www.mind-medic.com or follow him on Instagram at mind.medic.coaching. Quick shout out also to Hope Outfitters for this killer shirt in God We Trust. Hopeoutfitters.com. Stock up on some sweet gear from Hope Outfitters. Thank you so much for helping me out with my wardrobe. Now, the main theme of the show today is miracles. 39 surgeries later, and this young man is more on fire than ever before. I'm with Jeremiah Hart, his mom, Bridget, and sister, Rebecca. Thank you so much, you guys, for joining us on the program today, Counterculture Mom Show. How are you guys doing? Good. 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 How, How are, are you? you? Oh, doing great. I am very excited to have you on the program. Jeremiah, mm-hmm. I think it was over Christmas break. I finally got to sit down and do nothing for about four-hour period. And I went through about, I don't know, 35, 40 magazines. I'm finally catching up for the year. And I must have saw your face with your amazing book and your story three or four times in an hour. I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm going to get him on the program. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited to have you on here. I have no idea how my team tracked you down. But to date, Jeremiah, you had 39 surgeries, you lost a leg, a kidney, and you have overcome and is reaching others with your story to win souls for Jesus. I got to ask you right away, I had to do a double take when reading this on the show notes. You said you saw and met Jesus and Gabriel in heaven, and you want to be a pastor and have a healing ministry. Let's just cut right to the chase. We'll show everybody your leg here in a minute and talk about what happened to you on that crazy day. But you met Jesus and Gabriel. How did that happen? Um, I'm not really sure. I was just taken up. I think it was during the surgery. Well, you bled, he bled out twice, um, two different times, and um, before they amputated his leg. So during those two times, he had two different experiences. And Jeremiah, okay, let's take a step back. Let's go to the day that you were walking in front of the mall. You're on the sidewalk. Everybody's having a great time, heading to the mall to go shopping, probably right right around Christmas time. It was like November 21st, you were telling me, so you're getting ready for, probably for Christmas shopping. And all of a sudden, this car careens over a curb and slams you into a, to a wall. Fill us in what actually happened. 
Um, my so my sister was pulling me. I was wearing Achilles, and we were going to get our haircuts. And a car that we didn't see coming jumped the curb and him into a wall. I don't remember much after that. I remember that my mom was praying and my sister was taking him to the building. Um, and that the, I just remember the feeling was warm and it wasn't painful. And I wanted to go to sleep. Okay, so you weren't knocked out. You didn't black out. You were awake, alert, but you couldn't feel anything. Yes. Yes. So he was actually in the wall and I turned around. The car had backed up, which it shouldn't have done. Uh, But she backed up and I pulled him out of the wall and his eyes were fixated and they were gray. And um, I knew at that moment that if he did fall asleep, that he was not coming back. And um, I asked him to actually repeat prayers with me to keep him awake. Unbelievable. Did you get a look at the woman? I know that you have never met her since that. What, what happened? Did she take off back up and, and split? Do you know? No, she did not leave the scene, but I don't remember seeing her. Um, there was a lot of commotion that went on, but I don't remember seeing her and I never spoke to her at all. So you didn't see her. You don't know if it was, she was a younger driver or older driver. You have no idea. She was older. I do know that she was older from someone that told us that. But no, she did not speak to us, and um, and we have never met her. So we're going to talk about forgiveness here in a minute. But if that would have been me on the sidewalk, and I've got four kids that age and range from eight to thirteen, and someone slammed my child into the wall. It would be very hard for me to forgive. And at the same time, I just can't imagine someone taking off from an accident scene like that. Like if I would have been the one that, that caused the accident, I would have wanted to make sure the kid was okay, give him CPR, or call 911. Unbelievable. So rescue squad comes, takes him to the hospital. Did you say he bled out or he was bleeding out? Well, yes, he had a tube coming out of his side that they had to put him in because he was bleeding internally and they they didn't know where that was coming from. Um, But also um, his they tried to save his leg and um, they had uh, they created arteries. They took arteries from other places in his body and was trying to save his leg. And those arteries, they burst twice. So he did, he bled out twice. And then uh, the second time that he did bleed out, uh, as we was, as we were running to the operating room, the doctor basically said, it's either a limb or a life, because usually when someone bleeds out, uh, they don't survive it once, much less two times. And there wasn't really anywhere else to take another vein uh, from anywhere to to help save the leg. And so uh, we had to amputate at that at that time, but that's the two times he did bleed out. And that was later on um, in, that was in December when he bled out the two different times. Unbelievable. Jeremiah, you're in the hospital. You know, there's other things you can do to get attention. I, I don't know if you were trying to get attention here or meet the Lord early, but God was not done with you yet. That's all I got to say. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, who knows what was going on in your, in your little uh, head there. Did you? Did God ever tell you ahead of time that something was going to happen to you? Because I know sometimes younger kids, when they get in accidents, God like kind of gives them an intuition something's going to happen. Did that ever occur to you? That morning, I did read Psalms 91, which is a prayer of protection. What? Yes. <laughs> so he actually came downstairs, and his words to me were, Mom, I read Psalms 91, and so I'm ready to go. And that it gives me chills now. Oh. But at the time, yeah, I couldn't even imagine that what we were going to face. But he actually came down and said, I read Psalms 91, so I'm ready to go now. I have chills. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Just felt led to ask you that question. So that morning you read Psalm 91, Psalm of protection for your body. You tell your mom, I'm ready to go meet the Lord. And who would have known a couple hours later, you're meeting Jesus. Um, yeah. I'm afraid with what you might read next. That's all I got to say, man, oh man. So you're in the hospital, you bleed out in between bleeding out twice somewhere in there. You meet Jesus and Gabriel. What do you remember seeing? Um, well, whenever I met the Lord, I know his picture. I, I, I can see him. There's only one just like him. Um, and he told me that my leg was going to be used so I could connect one-on-one with people that have also gone through the same thing as me, like missing limbs and stuff. And the angel Gabriel, he told me that my leg is going to be like his sword. And his sword was on fire and it was huge. And I think that means that I'm going to use my story. I'm down fire for the Lord and bring people to Christ through that. Jeremiah, this is just crazy. Every single person on this series this week had the same kind of encounter with the Lord, where the Lord either verbally told them something or there were five angels in this other guy's accident scene that came out of the woods. It's just insane. I not only talked to them, I got like a tour of heaven. What? Like, what did you all see? This is crazy. So the the goal, I saw the gates, the roads, and my mansion. So I, I have a mansion in heaven, and it was blue. And I told the Lord it needed to be more blue. <laughs> that, so. you, you told God, I, I know you're preparing a place for me, but you got to prepare a little <laughs> bit more blue. Obviously, you're around and kicking today. Can you give me a little glimpse of your hospital life? How long did it take you to get your strength back to be able to walk? I was in the hospital for around four months. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, I'm still doing, like, going through the rebuild process because I have to build calluses for the prosthetic. Yes. So I'm still in the wheelchairs all the time. Okay, why don't you give us a glimpse of that leg, sir? What do you got on you right now? Look at that. Not many people can say they've got that. Can you run faster with having that on? Um... No, not this one, but they do make prosthetics that run faster. Does it hurt to wear it? Uh, yes, because I'm, I'm still going through the process of rebuilding this skin. I mean, if you can do it, Jeremiah, when you were nine, anyone watching this episode that thinks they can't do it will be motivated to realize that they can with Jesus. I, I don't know, without God... I don't know how anybody can live in this world and face the trials and tribulations that are going on right now in our culture. You just are so encouraging to me. Do you feel in, with this entire process that your faith was being tested? And if so, like, how was your faith being tested? 
Um, in a way, yes, because there were definitely hard times, and in the end, like I feel like I came out stronger after a bunch of struggles with the Lord. So, like I can look back and say I went through this, and I I wouldn't have made it without the Lord's help. I was going to ask you that. Were you ever in a moment of time during your healing process, shortly after the accident, mad at God for what happened to you? Um, yes, for a while I was. Even though Jeremiah still struggles and he's going through a whole lot, um, every day he still goes through a lot. Um, you know, we're able to be thankful and, um, and look back and realize that it really was the Lord that got us through all of this. I have a really hard question to ask you, Jeremiah, and um, you can take a couple seconds to think about your answer. If you were to go back November 21st, coming up on seven years ago, and not have that car hit you and be who you are today with all body parts or go through what you went through back then again, which one would you choose and why? I'd go through it again. Because I, there's people I've met along the way that I've helped. And I, as I get older, I'll probably continue being people that I can help. And I'll be able to share my story with people and help spark something. And then to bring them to Christ. I have hope for this country and this globe because people like you exist. I have been trying to reach teens for two decades to help them see that their identity does not lie in satanic pop culture. Um, the messages that are brainwashing these kids day in, day out, where a lot of kids don't have a purpose in life, they don't have a mission, they don't know why they're here, they're depressed, suicidal. And you have such a warmth, mission-minded, you know what you want in a life. What nine-year-old kid says they want to be a pastor? Uh, it, it just, it blows my mind with the way God is using you today. Can you share a story or two of a person you've helped already along your journey because of what happened to you and you were, and you were, you told them what, like, how did you lead them to the Lord? Can you give us an example? Um, there was this kid in the hospital. His name was Tristan. Mm. I think he, did he have scoliosis? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think he had scoliosis, but he was like, five or six. He was the sweetest kid ever. But um, his parents, they were going through a hard time and he was almost like he was alone in the hospital. Oh. So he would come into our room and I, we were there for him. Like We were like his family. So. And were you able yeah. to share Jesus with him? Yes, we were. And you got him a book? Yeah, I got him a book. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, when did you write your book? Did you write it recently or did you write it a couple years ago right after the accident happened? So after the accident, that was my therapy. Um, I started writing the book um, because I would lay in my bed and cry out to the Lord and he said, get up and start writing. So what I would do is go to my Facebook post about the accident and it would just bring up all of the emotions and I started writing and halfway through the Lord said, this is going to be a book. So I actually didn't know what to call the book. And um, he actually gave me the title. Um, And so we wrote the book. And then uh, my cousin helped 
um, with the cover of the book. And then we published it through Amazon and uh, about two years ago. So the book, everybody tuning in, you will find it in a link surrounding the show episode. It's called Unstoppable, A Story of Hope. Everyone has to check it out. You'll be able to apply something in your own life and make you realize that you need to become unstoppable. What a phenomenal, phenomenal story. Jeremiah, what would you tell other people that are going through some kind of painful experience right now? Um, not to quit and just keep going because in the end it will all work out. There's always light at the end of the dark tunnel. Man, oh man. Did you also share with your doctors and nurses who were taking care of you for those couple months in the hospital? Yes. He did. And he actually um, asked uh, several times when he was extremely critical and we still were not sure if he was going to pull through. He actually asked a nurse if he could pray with her. And um, and she came over and we gathered around Jeremiah and he prayed and it really touched her heart. And she said she couldn't believe with the pain that he was in and the things that he was going through that he was able to witness to her. And um, and we actually had the doctors and nurses would fight over our room. The nurses all wanted to be in our room because we had it was you know, we had uh, worship music playing all the time. Uh, we had a diffuser uh, with, you know, soothing smells. And I mean, we just had a very relaxing room and environment for the Lord to come in and to to do whatever he needed to do while we were in that situation. Unbelievable. I know that someone watching this right now, if you're not thinking this, you should, if you got film connections, your story, sir, needs to be a movie. Did, did anyone ever tell you about that before or approach you? We, about we have been told that <laughs> we've been told that so many times, but, uh, you know, Kendra brothers, we don't know why he hadn't picked up our story yet. <laughs> okay. It's gotta happen. Let's make some phone calls. Anyone that knows these people that could possibly make this a movie, let's do it because these are the stories that our young people in America need to hear. This is what's going to breathe life into people, not the junk that's currently out there in pop culture. So anyone tuning in has got funding, knows how to write a script, get in touch with these people, get Jeremiah's story out there on the big screen, and I'll help promote it back on this show. I'll have you back on for part two. Um, Thank you. I want to ask Rebecca, Rebecca, what would you say to the people tuning in right now who might be struggling with fear? Just go for it because you can't let like fear holds you back. Can't let fear hold you back. Mom, what do you have to say about that? So I would just definitely say that um, that you need to pray and just walk through it because, um, you know, God will get you. He will help you and he will get you through it. There is hope on the other side. Don't stop in it. You know, if you're suicidal, it, it doesn't matter what you are. You know, just don't stop. Don't give up. Keep going through it. God will help you. But you have to call out to him, invite him into your situation because he's a gentleman and, you know, he wants to come and help. So call out to him and he will be there for you and he will help you. Did you establish new friends throughout this process? Like kids at school, they reach out and say, hey, I can help you out. And then you got to meet more people as a result. And did kids wheel you down the hallway? What all happened in the school environment? Um, I've made a lot of new friends because of the accident. So yes. And I do have people pushing down the hallway. 
But I also like pushing myself because I can go faster. That is so funny. You mentioned earlier that you want to become a pastor, start a healing ministry. What does that look like for you? Do you have a time frame in your head? Is it as soon as you get out of high school, you'd like to go to a college, um, Christian college, to pursue the pastoralship? Yes, I want to go to Sagu. And become a pastor and then start your healing ministry. Yes. That is just unbelievable. You need to write more books and tell other teens what to do with their lives so they can be on fire for the Lord. That's what you need to do. Have you been speaking at a lot of events? Do you go around and share your story at, at live different music festivals and school assemblies? Have you been around sharing your story? I've done it twice. You need to be speaking two times a week all over this country. I got to think about this and we got to get a tour started here, buddy. Do you like speaking? Um, yes, I do. I'm going to fine arts for a short sermon. Wow. Okay. And the lady that hit you, she knows she hit you. That's if she's still alive today because she was older when this accident happened. So if you are watching this and you're the one that hit this family, you forgave this lady. Can you explain the process of how that happened? Um, it was hard to forgive her because it changed my whole life. But I, I can't live in anger and not forgiving someone. So I forgave her. And honestly, to this day, if I could meet her, I'd love to meet her and tell her that because of this accident, I'm, I'm a new person and I'm able to do things I couldn't have done before. And that I'm not mad at her for it. In fact, I'm actually kind of thankful about it. Well, young man, you have a bright future. That's all I have to say, because you mean what you say, and you're saying the opposite of what most people would say if they're facing the exact same circumstance. Everybody tuning in, surrounding the show, you will come up with other phenomenal stories besides grabbing the book. There are many other stories that hit the news. Here's a short two-minute clip from Channel 5 NBC DFW. Check this out with Jeremiah's story. Brian, he has significant internal injuries, injuries to both his legs. He's already undergone a couple of lengthy surgeries, and his mother tells me firefighters at the scene told her he shouldn't have made it. At this Thanksgiving holiday, we're so thankful that he's here. I love you. You're so brave. Bridget Hart isn't leaving her son's side. And you're such a strong fighter. She gives him comfort and... I feel you, buddy. He's squeezing my hand. <laughs> he gives her hope. My hope for him is uh, that all of his organs work properly and that whether they have to amputate or not, it's not going to slow him down. Nine-year-old Jeremiah Hart doesn't give up easily. He's so tough. Even on the soccer field, when he'd get an injury, he did not want to come out. His love is soccer. The first place division trophy he got the night before a terrible accident now sits in his hospital room. You're strong. And I love you. The morning before his family left to go to Firewheel Town Center, his mom says he prayed. He said, Mama, I just read Psalms 91, and that Psalms is the song psalm of protection. I truly believe that's what saved his life. He was with his mom and sister walking on the sidewalk when a driver trying to park hit the gas instead of the brake, pinning him to a wall. I ran over and pulled him off the wall um, and laid him down and uh, got down beside him and he wanted to pray. 
So we immediately started praying to Jesus. Now others are praying for him. We know all the prayers are making you well. And his family is holding on to faith. He is a fighter. His heart is bigger than his body. His body can't hold his heart. There are so many hurting kids that need to hear your story. And the fact that God gave you Psalm 91 the day of the accident just blows my mind because it's almost like a sign personally from him. And then again, you, get, you did get to meet him in person hours later. So you know what? You have 14 more books that need to be written immediately. Everybody that wants to help him become a pastor and reach more young people, please do so. Click on the link in the uh, surrounding the show episode. Share this with everybody. Jeremiah, keep doing what you're doing. Anytime you're in Nashville, you better call me because I want to make you guys a home-cooked meal. And we can talk and celebrate in what the Lord has done. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Go get them, you guys. Thank you so much for jumping on today. Thanks for listening to the Counterculture Mom Show with Tina Griffin on the Salem Radio Network. Check out all of our helpful resources at counterculturemom.com. You can also get our free parent media guide loaded with positive entertainment options by texting the word guide to the number 55444. And don't forget to download the new Counterculture Mom app to get critical pop culture alerts straight to your phone. Depression, anxiety, fear. Life isn't the problem. Your mind is. You can heal your wounded mind. Roman Garcia, mind medic, former FBI special agent, and tactical medic turned life coach. Roman helps you repair your emotional wounds. Stop feeling powerless. Enjoy life again and regain control over your health, wealth, and relationships. Visit mind-medic.com for a free conversation with Roman. That's mind-medic.com.